Hey everybody, it is your favourite boy Drewy here, uh, just spruiking the pod, spruiking the Patreon as we do, jump o- uh, over to patreon.com slash community notice board, we've got deep dives, we've got news off cuts, we've got uh, oral history of Sydney comedy, we've got uh, just great apps, a lot of fun, um, so jump over there, sling us five bucks and love ya. As soon as you hit that record button, the riffs just go out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Just depressurise the container. (laughs) Forget how to talk. I I think hoarders are the best guys. (laughs) I I didn't mean what I said before, guys. I was lying to you. Certainly wouldn't give them a bullet. Now I'm on record. I'm like, I think all people are beautiful. (laughs) Ahab, Captain Ahab, all hoarders are beautiful. Let's do it. Hello, welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes, and coming-of-age tales. Oh, what a doozy we have for you today. A returning champion is Mm. back in the studio. Tom Cashman is here. Oh, thank you very much. I I spoke about one of the most boring suburbs on the North Shore last time, (laughs) and now we're going all the way to England for one of the most boring towns (laughs) (laughs) in their country. I I mean, I think we mentioned it on Instagram, but one of my favourite parts of doing the episode with you and Artam and with Mm. you recommending the European cafe is your favourite chicken burger. (laughs) And afterwards I did some research on Mm. it and it had permanently closed. (laughs) (laughs) The only time Kirk's done research after an episode instead of before. Yeah, the food review. I did a bit of post-pod research (laughs) on the food review. Only time I've re-listened to an episode (laughs) because that chicken burger sounded so dang tasty. Would you say the best chicken burger in the North Shore, if not Sydney, would go out of business? Mm. That's you you in your room the next day. I think not. <laughs> I think not. But I did look it up, and I put I put in uh, the European cafe, and it permanently closed. European piazza. European piazza, mm. and it had permanently closed. And I think the second most popular result was a Whirlpool forum okay. that said that oh. was recommending the best places to eat in the North Shore. <laughs> and there was one comment, and it was a guy with two posts ever, <laughs> and it said, "Well, I would like to recommend the chicken burger at European Piazza." And I sent it to Tom and said, "Is this you?" And he said, "Yes, it is." And the second post, you can't find it. So I imagine it oh. must have been so racist. Thank God, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like, don't click on the username. <laughs> So all the places to be racist, the whirlpool forums. <laughs> You're reviewing ISP plans and then getting all weird. Uh, but I wanted burgers. to mention before we go that, uh, mm. you know, because we talk about communities and they can take all shapes and sizes, yep. that you are quite a sex symbol on the Taskmaster community Reddit. Did you know this? No. What do you mean? <laughs> that people are talking about how sexy you are <laughs> on a regular basis. Oh, my God. And I did some if, research if, if on this. If we could this. compare how I was feeling very attacked for my chicken burger opinions, and this is the opposite feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, did some, I did some research on this, too, because I was like, I mm. like a chicken burger, but a tastier snack. Tom, Tom <laughs> and so I found some of them, and it's Tom Cashman really is the finest of all the TM assistants. Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Wow. Praise and, and the Lord. Someone comments, honestly, though, I was at a studio recording for season one and was seated on the far left, so I saw the back of the contestant's head, but the front of Tom. <laughs> Couldn't get over Cashman's beautiful eyes. 
<laughs> I was the only eyes he could see, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that compliment was really couched in the fact that I was the only person they had <laughs> in their eye line. Oh, well, so I only caught the back of all the other people's heads, fair, but oh my God, the front of his head is better than the back. Oh, I mean, Gleason's eyes, Gleason's oh, eyes true. are right there. So. That's true. They okay. also, uh, there's a lot of projecting, obviously, because, mm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, everything that has a fandom has shipping. So er, there's a lot of talk about how much chemistry you have with every single contestant. Yeah, so people are like, I, I have think seen Tom that. and Nina could be the cutest couple. And someone's like, no, it's Tom and Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I get really mad. Man, I'm sweating pretty hard now, hoping you don't find my comments on this. <laughs> I'm a pretty regular oh, no, guy. I found your there. one. Per the most recent episode showing him twice in a wedding, Cashman has a great ass. <laughs> Guilty. And then, and then cheers, bro. I'll drink to that. And then a very cute... Cheers, bro. Like, I'll drink to that. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's just someone. <laughs> with a beer on the computer. <laughs> that was that's enough for me to say cheese. That was me. That was me. You're before. looking for any excuse to have a drink, mate. <laughs> babe, you need another beer. Don't you know what just happened on the, on the forums, babe? You're allowed to have a beer. <laughs> what am You're I allowed to just it's have a, a beer. It's a snobbish thing not to have a beer. I mean, yeah, that was me replying to Drew's comment. But, and then a gorgeous little piece of fan art of Tom oh, that cute. looks like a little anime character. Oh, it's great. And then my favourite one, which was like... Uh, it's an interesting one where it was like a meme about you that mm. had like, uh, these are the guys that people think are hot. And it was like a picture of Harry Styles, Timothy Chalamet and someone mm. else. And it's like, and these are the guys that I think are hot. And it was you, Paul Williams and Sam Campbell. <laughs> and at first I was just like, oh, that's real nice. And then you think about it yeah. and it's like people being like, man, you guys think these really hot guys are cool? I actually like these freaks. Tom's a good looking guy. Like, Not only do I find him attractive? I think the, fun that the fact that I find him attractive is very, very interesting. Vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a fetish almost. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's such a quirk. <laughs> but have you noticed since, uh, since... I uh, think he's pretty sexy and you know what that means? <laughs> I drink to that, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry for opening your beer for a bit. <laughs> no, uh, you, you, I'm you, very you, excited. Yeah, now. you rolled it ahead three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 90 seconds. <laughs> 90 seconds. But have you found since uh, joining the Taskmaster family, you get a lot more DMs about your ass and your eyes and I don't have any real reflections I think um, you know all the fans are, that they're all pretty normal um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's such a good show and you're so good in it oh thank you I do think I mean I was aware of the shipping I think me and Danielle as well another contestant yeah yeah and it did occur to me that I mean I mean, because we're friends yeah I suppose yeah um, and, and I'm friends with Nina as well um, but I suppose my reflection on that is like I think a lot of the people commenting kind of just couldn't comprehend that a man and a woman could be friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what they're observing feet. is just friendship. And, yeah. and, and they're like, oh, years. that's closeness. Yeah. <laughs> they Look should how have quickly. Sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, not necessarily. <laughs> 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 just to be friends. They just used to watching Love Island and yeah. stuff, where it's that like, is the point of, oh, this guy <laughs> and this girl are hanging out. Yeah. They're going to fuck. It's arguably the least sexual show in the world. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. But yes, all the fans are beautiful and the Reddit is beautiful mm. and it's a beautiful show, but we're not here to discuss. Mm. Your great ass in a wedding. <laughs> Although we could for several more minutes. But uh, we're here to discuss your time. Again, just the least sexual thing that's ever happened. I'm in a full wetsuit about to, was considering getting into the, because it was up to Luke. Luke was thinking of getting in the um, the lake. And that lake's pretty disgusting, it right? It has, like, they tested it for E. coli, because I think it had rained 
recently at the time, and like it had high higher than safe levels of E. coli, mm-hmm. but still not like. I know crazy. in the New Zealand one, they're like constantly like it smells like human shit. In yeah, here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not. I did not want to get in. <laughs> I was not feeling sexy, <laughs> but you looked at it. Well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're not here to discuss that. We are here to discuss your time on mm. exchange in Egham. In the United Kingdom. That's it. I love yeah. it. So what brought you or took you to Egham? I was at a uh, at uni. My girlfriend at the time was going on exchange. And so Daniel I... Daniel Walker? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Nino Yama? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, <Kurt. laughs> Um And yeah, I think I, because of that, she was going to Sweden or something. So I applied. I didn't want to go somewhere. I wanted to go to England, I suppose, because they spoke English. Applied for... The University of uh, Royal Holloway, the College of London, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, University of London. I didn't really do any research. I thought it was in London. Yeah. <laughs> and legitimately, when only when I arrived, I realised how far out of London yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like maybe I think a half an hour on a train. Man, that's all like, you. That's though. one of their selling it's points it, of Egham. It's yeah, it. number eight. It's only a half hour train ride to Waterloo, which means you can get away, but also get there pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's like really, if you did Greater London, what's technically Greater London? It's yeah. really on the edge of yep. Greater London. So it's technically is in London, but yep. just not what I was imagining <laughs> totally. at all. Yeah. So genuinely disappointing when I arrived. But yeah, it's like a little town. Little town With a Paris. big kind of Harry Potter-esque looking college, yeah, right. mm. which I lived in. And um, yeah, I was there for six months doing, I think like three subjects that were all pretty easy. I think I did philosophy and some like contemporary music thing. And then the other one, this is the most like insanely specific and useless thing I ever studied was like, not ancient, but like medieval musical notation. <laughs> <laughs> they used to notate music in a different way. So mm-hmm. the whole course was looking at how they notated it. That, Just memorizing it. And no, converting it into current notation. Okay, right. So they'd give you a big ancient thing. <laughs> Of like a choir music or whatever, yeah. and you just had to change it, <laughs> and you only had to do pass fail, and I remember doing that. Like it was quite complicated, and like the the end po- project at the end of the six months was qu- quite this long piece of music. I remember being like three quarters of the way through. It had taken like fifteen, twenty hours or something. I realized I'd made a mistake that had affected the oh whole no. thing. Oh no! <laughs> and then I realized. Fucking who cares? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to redo the whole thing. And then I'm like, no, no, no way. Absolutely not. Why am I d- doing this? That would be cool if you got an ancient, like a medieval manuscript and you're like, what song is this? You transcribe it. Yeah. And then you like get a music instrument out and it, like, it's something like, you know, like, uh, 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 He's yeah, monks on this track. <laughs> <laughs> That's the example. That is exactly so. the kind of Australian stuff that I was trying not to do over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to repress. That, if I made that joke of all these English dweebs, they would not have enjoyed it at all. Imagine if the monks were like a Akadaka. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would go a little something like this. <laughs> oh, shit. There we go. So three courses. And so were you You were just trying to do bullshit courses to live in exchange over there. You weren't trying to be serious about your exactly. degree I and chose, anything like chose that. chose subjects that seemed easy. And was it, yep. this sounds like, because you mentioned it was a means to be closer to your girlfriend, but it's still kind of far, right? Oh, totally. I mean, I say it, it was a means to be close to her, but also like something that I felt like I should be doing. But yeah. I, I mentioned that in part because it's what inspired it. And um, I suppose maybe I wouldn't have done it if yeah. she wasn't doing it. Mm. Did you I, go I, to I didn't Sweden? have like a, a dream to 
go on exchange, but I felt social pressure too. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to Sweden? I went over to Sweden once. Yep, totally. Went to Stockholm. And we actually went on a bit of a family trip. So I was thinking about things that happened in that six months. And one of the embarrassing things that happened is before going to Egham, um, I think my ex-girlfriend's family went over with her to where she was. And I think we went, like I was with them for like three or four days. And I remember being, I think we were in Denmark in quite a fancy hotel. And we got our own room, which I was like, oh my God. So we were in a fancy hotel, like I'm 21 at the time with my girlfriend. Uh-oh. And it was like, oh, this is wow. like we're adults and like, <laughs> and it's kind of sexy and yeah. really good. <laughs> and so we kind of settle into the place and I went to the bathroom and like, I was thinking, you know, we might have sex soon and, and this beautiful view. And, and I went in and I realized that I needed to um, go to the bathroom. I needed to shit. Mm-hmm. So I took a shit, flushed. And it didn't go down. It just oh, came no. up. Came <laughs> up. Huh? Yeah. You're like, fucking, you're like the Dumb and Dumber. This now makes me feel like I'm trying to show off about my big ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, so you took yeah. it out of the yeah. wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cash was got a big old dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> you were wearing the wetsuit the entire time, right? <laughs> yeah, so I think it was going wrong. It was <laughs> So then it's like one of those ones where you're like, oh yeah, whatever. Like it's a hotel, it's a nice hotel. Like I'll yeah. just hit it again and then no, nothing changes, goes up again. <laughs> oh, no. And then you're like, oh, come on. And then hit it again and it goes up again. And then at that stage I'm like, oh, I think I've only got like one more <laughs> yep. to go it's man before overflow. <laughs> so then I've got it like, I remember sneaking out. And then she's on the bed and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> to I just can't grab. figure out how to get the condom on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I took a coat hanger. Oh, God. Because I've got to get in there <laughs> yeah. with something. And, and she's like, what are you doing, coat hanger? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't have an excuse. Like, I'm like, what could I possibly do? I'll think of one. I think I said something about the, they've got the um, dressing robes. gown, dressing yeah. Yeah, robes or whatever. That's smart. Yeah, mm. and then I'm and back the plunger, in. Tom. The plunger, Tom. What's going on? Why do you need yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, looks silly on my head. <laughs> Don't you ready? Like oh, I'm the king of Denmark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let me go in here and plug your ears. Plug your ears. Looking at four things: a plunger, trainer, and a coat hanger, and some sticky tape. Like, mm, coat hanger, and some sticky tape. It's such a strange culture. Don't you <laughs> they have all this oh. accoutrement just for this uh, shitting situation. <laughs> and I go in, and I'm like. Try and get in there, which turns obviously the whole thing into a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, a bit yeah. of a nutri ball um, thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think then this was my last chance, actually. I think it was pretty much at the top. Yep. And then just did it again. <laughs> Because I'm like, I remember thinking, it doesn't, it knows where the level is. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, no. It doesn't have a clue. It doesn't have a clue. And so then it's just, then it just starts overflowing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, ah, like I just start, no. Ah. And then I remember my girlfriend coming in being like, what's wrong? And then, yeah, there's yeah. just shit all over the whole that's so f- bathroom. Like, so like, how are you feeling? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> Still in the mood? As a dude, uh, I'm sure it's the same for women, but like when you're that fresh in relationship, yes. how awkward shitting moments can be. Mm. And like, you know, her coming in and then just being like, okay, this has broken the seal almost. Like yes. I, nothing, you know, you don't have to hide the sound of shitting yeah. anymore or whatever. I remember staying with um, Hannah very early days. She had like this work trip. We stayed in this little like cabin down the coast, beautiful place right on the beach, but it was so tiny and the toilet is next to the bed and I was like 
just really near Nightmare. the shit. And I was just, uh, it was too early and I was kind of panicking. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Mm. And there's a club across the road. Uh, in like Molly, a, Molly, a nightclub? Beautiful or? club. Like a RSL. <laughs> oh, right. And um, we'd been in there the night before and I was like, okay, I know where the toilet's <laughs> I'm are. trying to be cool. I'm like, a nightclub? It <laughs> <laughs> like doesn't party? have a VIP yet. <laughs> <laughs> Who is DJ? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fucking sick, man. <laughs> Is it more of like a techno thing? Yeah. Trip hop house. Yeah. yeah, no, that would be that would be five years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. And I, I kept going to Hannah like, oh, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna pop over to the club for a bit, like. Don't, and she's like, Oh, cool. I'll come. And yeah, I was like, yeah. No, no, just don't worry about it. Like, and I was like, I'm just gonna grab a quick beer. She's like, Sweet. I, lo- I would love a beer too. Let's go to the club. And it had this back and forth of awkwardness. No, you can't. Until eventually, I went. I have to shit. Time <laughs> <laughs> to get away from you. <laughs> were you trying to get back to the place you were staying from the club and leave her there? Oh, that's clever. I was just going to go to the club and shit and come no, back. No, but once she was at the club, now you need to get back to Well, I, I eventually was like, look, I need to shit. And mm. then I think that was enough for me to be like, now that you know, I'm just going to shit. <laughs> like, right. But then hang on, why couldn't you just hang on? Hang on, at the club? You're allowed to just go to the bathroom or you having a we beer. Yeah, that's club. my issue. Like, oh. why didn't you just be like, yeah, come along for a beer? And yeah. then you're like, oh, I've just got to go to the bathroom quickly. Yeah. Mm, that mm. is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Had, had I got my time over, <laughs> I might have employed that tactic. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd still be doing that to this day because you never broke <laughs> yeah, that seal. Exactly. Leave it with hand and exactly. be like, I'm just going to the club again. And it is I got this coat hanger in case. <laughs> <laughs> I, know what's gonna, I know what's going on. Over. I might want to take my shirt off. Drew goes to the Ivy a lot. He lives in America. I think he takes his shirt off the ship. He likes to really settle into it. He doesn't like to feel the restriction. He wants to really spread out in there. And it doubles as something that can unblock the Absolutely. So how did your girlfriend react when she saw Oh, she was disgusted. That story actually reminded me with that same girlfriend before we slept together for the first time. This is a bit of a personal story, but... I remember we were kind of kissing and stuff, and this could be the first time that we said, again, like 19 at this mm. stage. And I really needed to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom, and there was no, in her place, there was no toilet paper. Oh, come on. That's a crime. I oh, know. <laughs> and so I just couldn't do it. So Because I didn't, like, yeah, I needed toilet paper. Mm. So, But I really needed to go. So I came back in and was, like, just acting completely not sexual because I couldn't. Oh, do it because oh, I was wow. so oh. overwhelmed with needing to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Who wants she's to watch there, eight like out of ready, ten cats. you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, anyway, it's time to bed. I reckon. <laughs> Big day tomorrow. She's there, like, what put the on your nightcap and light your candle. <laughs> yeah. And then she would have been like feeling rejected, like, oh no, mm, did, yeah, she's not like my, course. you know. Yeah. But it's like, no, I need to desperately. <laughs> share. It's all these awkward, you know, accidentally. Did you end up telling her later on once you'd done the deed? Like, ah, this could have happened earlier. I don't if think not I t- for my bowels. I don't think I told her that for years. So I think basically the, the Denmark situation was still in this. Yeah, right. Having broken the seal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So yeah. that's wild that like she could now, like after you t- after she sees the shit mm. and then you tell her about the first time, she's like, man, we got to like send you for a scan or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop saving up <laughs> all your shit <laughs> on <laughs> Saturday night. They're too big. Every time I want to fuck you, you don't go to the toilet for seven days <laughs> and then you just ruin yourself. 
That is part of the problem because before I do something I enjoy, this is so personal, but like before a movie or something, I like to, or, or a good meal, yeah. I like to go to the bathroom just yeah. so you're like all sorted. You don't have to worry yeah. fresh. Empty right. vessel. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, That's so wrong. Fill one other vessel, but yeah. <laughs> so when you get when you got there and you realise that Egham is this sort of like commuter town almost right on the edge of London, are yes. you, do you reassess your plan and um, and just go, okay, I'm an Eggham guy now, or were you just commuting straight in the line every night? <laughs> <laughs> You're real Egghead. Uh, egg and ham, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> or are you just desperately trying to get to central London every day? To- oh, like every day you just, I mean, I had classes and stuff. So like most weekends you'd go in for a bit of a day trip. And I suppose I had to make friends because uh, there was, you're just, uh, none of the British people really were interested in talking to you because you're only there for a short period of time. Plus, all the Akadaka stuff was exactly. very off-putting. <laughs> so it was all you had. I had to make friends. Trying to corporate a Cobra and got Veggie Mart. Anyone? And I remember, yeah, just having to make friends with the um, other exchange student people, mm. and then you kind of get thrust. It was a good example for me of how um, not liking someone can bring people together because at yeah. the beginning. I kind of found myself in a bit of a group that you you kind of make, uh, you you kind of form these groups uh-huh. on like the first night on like yeah. a mixer. Yeah, Everyone gets thrust yeah. together, and it's a bit like school because you're like you meet some people that you really like, and then some people that you don't. But you've got to you you don't want to lose the people that you do like mm-hmm. mm. um, by kind of abandoning the people that you you wouldn't usually hang out with. Well, I remember it like quite literally is school. Like I mean, yeah, I mean, school. totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. What <laughs> parallels between yeah, higher yeah. education? Most, and most of my metaphors are uh, just literally the thing that I'm saying. <laughs> you know what? This is, like, this is like doing a podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this experience has been quite podcast I don't want to really blow anyone's mind. <laughs> we could clip this, but. <laughs> um, but I remember like two months in, like my best friend there, we basically were alone for the first time and slowly one person <laughs> said something about this person that we were, I didn't really get on with but I thought she liked and kind yeah. of was tolerating. Uh, I think I said one little negative mm, thing and then know. she mm. said some little negative thing and I say a bit of a Drop medium of negative C. thing yeah. and then she goes yeah. and then I'm like I don't, actually don't really stuff. like her and she's like I don't like her either and I'm like oh my god we never have to see her again. <laughs> <laughs> it's you and me baby it's you yeah. and me forever. So the realisation puts you in good stead for pursuing a career in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time I was negative. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Because you could get those thoughts out and then be universally positive about every single person you ever work with. Exactly. Uh, I did say because uh, Egham is um, a little bit infamous in the UK because it's one of the, the towns that uh, Ali G would sort of talk about as a well, throwaway. It's nearby. Job. It's nearby one of... Well, he's but from Staines. Staines is the mm. is yeah, his he's one. He's part of the West Staines Massive. Staines. West Staines Massive, but he also... Egham and Langley and... Englefield Green would get throw out. He really? Would, yeah, he would throw them out as. So it's a, the joke is, and I, it makes sense to you being there, but it, like he's, you know, Staines is a posh town. Mm-hmm. Is it posh? Is that the it's joke? It's not that it's posh. It's that because I've been Boring? to Staines, it's just, it's just yeah. a suburban. Boring middle class. Uh, yeah. It's an out there suburban. It's not rough English at all. There's no ghetto. It doesn't have is, yeah, gangster it does, rappers. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. So can so I that, say that was because. That was what I would say before, and certainly after I got back, when people were like, where did you stay? I'm like, oh, I was near Staines, you know, from LEG. Like, that's, mm. I'd say that to people to contextualise where I was. Mm, mm, mm. And I was very aware of it at the time because I saw it on the map, and, and I went to Staines, and I remember walking around being like, I don't get the joke. Because like, <laughs> yeah. it was so nothingy. It wasn't posh enough for that to be the joke. Right. It wasn't, it was just nothing. It wasn't. But I, so I suppose that was the joke, but it yeah. was a weird experience of like seven years after hearing a joke going to a place and being like, <laughs> 
I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, the Staines community really didn't like it. Really? Right? And to the point where uh, local business people uh, thought that the uh, Baron, the joke, uh, was lowering property values mm. in Staines. So they uh, decided to vote to change the town's name. Oh. Uh, and they added upon upon Thames to the end of the... Upon so, Thames. Uh, so yeah. now it's Staines. So it's officially Staines upon Thames. Staines upon and it Thames. still is to this day. Yeah. Wow. So they so they got so uppity about it. Al- and it's, it's, it's and like five years after Ali G, like after he retired Ali G. Like 2012 they did this. Wow. Wow. That so is the power of comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they uh, the, the council made the switch and they, they celebrated with a maypole dance in a regatta and the name was, was just such a poncy thing <laughs> just dance around a maypole and then have a fucking yacht race or whatever the hell um, but the joke was that it was kind of I suppose boring which is a negative thing mm. but uneventful and doesn't have like um, I suppose I don't know, like gangs and stuff. Like yeah. that's a good thing. That, that's like, exactly a compliment. Right. You well, just, he's a try-hard one. He's also a rich definitely playing character. with the idea that at the time in the mid two thousands was quite prevalent in England. A little bit here, where like, like teenage to mid twenties white guys would pretend that they are Ice Cube essentially. Totally. Oh yeah, and 100%. so like they'd be like, we're we're beefing over the West Staines uh, Leisure mm. Centre mm. and yeah. stuff like that. It actually would be funnier. I think a better punchline if LG was from Stains Upon Thames. Like having a pawn in it because it makes it sound posher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The joke and better. then they changed Stains Upon Thames to Stains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the West Stains. I like, they, did you see the quote about this? Uh, someone said, there's no doubt Allergy put Stains on the map, but for all the wrong reasons, he put the stain in Stains. <laughs> and it's just like, no, it's God. there. It's yeah, 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 there. Yeah, yeah. That guy should try rap. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was another link in this to other towns in the UK that have changed their name um, for various reasons. Um, or or there's been an uprising to change the name. There's, you know, because uh, you know, very very old towns and weird translations of medieval words and stuff. So there's um, a, a butthole road in Archer's <laughs> Way, uh, which the town folk were very upset, so they decided to change the name. Gaping anus. <laughs> Gaping anus to Archer's Way, and there was, but there, that was in Doncaster, and then there's also a butthole lane in Shepshed. <laughs> I say, I'm so sorry, boys, for being, for living in such a boring place. Where the highlight is there's a few funny road signs here. There. There's other places where there's mysteries. Yeah, true yeah, crime yeah. stories. Hey, no, I've got some interesting stuff. Okay, I'm just good. finishing and off this one. Okay, thank God. Uh, I've got my yes. obligatory, uh, very dry history from the 17th century coming up. So my oh, stuff oh. is all in this vein, and it's. Very <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to get to. Uh, I just found this stuff fun. It's more my own amusement. But mm. uh, the town of Shitterton, uh, <laughs> and uh, the town of Shitterton, and the town of and you, I've right seen next this to before. Coat hanger land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to clear it out. Um, and this one popped up, which I remember seeing as a ki- as a young uh, adult on Facebook. Was everyone would put where they're from on Facebook? They put fucking Austria. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Do you yeah. ever see that? There's oh. a town in Austria. Called fucking. Called fucking. fucking had a huge problem oh. in the mid 2000s where people kept stealing the welcome Not to town me. sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember experiencing an issue. <laughs> you always needed to purge. You're in fucking. You think, oh, I gotta get a shit on in real quick. <laughs> I just forgot, like. <laughs> I just went for the joke that I would usually make in that context. Yeah, yeah. And but I am in a context where I've revealed more than I ever have before <laughs> about specific issues I've experienced with sex. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I apologise for the hypocrisy. <laughs> no, you know, we know this, you. this is a lot like hypocrisy. This situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know you, fuck. Um, but fucking yeah, that everyone would steal the sign, so they changed their name to Fugging F U G G I N G. Wow. But the town of Shitterton, they also everyone was stealing their signs, but they didn't want to change their name to shit from Shitterton. Mm. They were like, "What? No, that's we're cool. fucking Shitterton." So they replaced their signs with massive big boulders with uh, shit engraved in it wow. and they're like try putting this in the back of a toyota camry <laughs> really yes that's awesome yeah so they love shit yeah, they're fuck fucking yeah. full for it so there you go I mean, like, they've got time. like even like if you go to the uk to this day i mean i'm a 12 year old boy at heart every time you mm. get on the tube from heathrow like the first stop is cock foster's <laughs> mm. i'm always just like <laughs> and yeah. it's like we gotta stop bringing you back home. <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> Jamie is... just takes his first itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> My first and last. <laughs> it's just such an evidence of uh, a first world country where the council's money is being spent on making the road signs heavier than cars. Yeah. <laughs> because they're too hilarious. Yeah. And, and the biggest problem proud. in the community is that the road signs are being stolen. They're too proud to change from Shitterton. Uh, oh, here, here's some. I mean, you're a you did law, right? That was mm. your degree. Um, Egham is incredibly famous for very, very nearby, like effectively Egham, um, Runnymede, which is a big field there, oh, yeah. was the signing of the Magna Carta. Oh, I think I went there. Mm, now, now you mentioned it. You were at the signing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll witness. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was no, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who lies and hasn't figured out that it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I remember being there. Now you mentioned sure, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten that I was there. But I was no, really was drunk the whole time. I was partying, <laughs> so I was yeah. like real hungover. It's kind of like Woodstock. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the day after I went to that club. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was in a field there. And I don't. So, do you, what's your memory of, of going to? What is? Because people are saying it's sort of a bit, mm. a bit unsatisfactory. The, 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 <laughs> it's just a field. Is right? it still a field? So I think my parents came over too, and there was a real sense of like I suppose I was anxious about kind of being in this new country, not knowing anyone, and was keen to kind of get to know people and like feel like acclimatized to this mm -hmm. new place. Mm -hmm. And I think they were there, and I remember just that dynamic of. My parents wanting to, oh, let's go to where the Magna Carta is signed or whatever. They're trying to do tourism. They're enjoying it. And I'm like, fuck, this whole thing is about me. I lived with them at the time. Like, go away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you followed me across the world. The whole point of this is I get to be independent a little bit. Yeah, and they're like, isn't it interesting that in this fucking field 800 years ago, that's where common law started? Yeah. Like, not really. It's just like an international version of walking two steps behind your parents at the shopping mall. Exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, we're going to go see the Magna Carta. Then you're going to clean your room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then you're going to pick up the dog poo in the backyard um, so yeah, yeah that's my memory of that historic um, location is mm. um, frustration that my parents were there yeah, yeah. Right. but it is like it is still a field they haven't like there's no infield development no, it's not like, an asda there now was... if you assume they're probably yeah it's just like it was field. anything yeah, yeah it's yeah. A, and there is actually some sort of monument uh, apparently where that but it's that it was constructed by the american bar association because the americans like love magna carta more than anything because mm, yeah. it's like their they foundation well, it's um, funny that like the Magna Carta now, the only people, because obviously historically, I actually don't really know what it is. I forget. Yeah. But it's like the beginning, obviously very foundational kind of agreement between people, which it's became- like the, the, Yeah, it's the first time when the, the King of England at the time sort of signed this thing based, uh, you know, proposed by these rebellious barons who were sort of upright and basically acknowledged that he 
sort of abided by law. So there was law, but the king was subject to law as well as common man. So it sort of stopped the divinity of him. And also there was some other important things in it, which effectively led to parliament. So it was a, Mm. it was a pretty big. And it's weird now that the only people you hear mentioning it, are people getting dragged out of cars by the police? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the Magna Carta, in the Magna Carta, it used to be the, the most important <laughs> document signed by a king, and now it's said by people who think With they no have their own team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> screaming at a SWAT team, They've taken their license plates off their car, replaced them with a cardboard sign. You know. Oh, how the money have fallen! <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've got no chance. I've read the Magna Carta. Okay, I can do yeah, this. Yeah. I can. I went back drive. to the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> you the went F. back too far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that was effectively why it was uh, why it was important. So and, and basically they just met at this field. That's why it's, there's nothing there. Is they they met in the you know halfway between this the castle of Windsor and where this baron stayed, and they just sort of frog marched and met in the middle of the field, and they sort of said sign it, and he signed it. So right. there's sort of nothing there to signify it, um, but it's still you know it's obviously. Um, uh, it's a big part of the history there. And because it's a big, uh, the fields there, it's like a big park, right? Like, I don't know. Do you, do you remember much about it? It seemed on the map, like just a big green area, like, mm. you know. Like, Is Stonehenge uh, near there? Mm, I don't know. I, don't I feel like so. we we smashed Stonehenge and Magna Carta Field in the same day. <laughs> That's a big day. Hey, yeah. yeah. The whole time it's like, Mom, you're embarrassing. <laughs> you're embarrassing me in front of the stones. <laughs> <laughs> what if a druid sees? <laughs> <laughs> to get recognized by one of the stones. <laughs> like, is that Tom um, Cashman? <laughs> I tell you, another little piece of history that happened there was also like in that sort of area, um, coincidentally, um, was the last duel in britain like a pistol duel oh mm, that's last fun. ever fatal well the was last it fatal a pistol's one. duel ah uh, yes that's pistol. brutal to be the last <laughs> guy yeah. yeah so i'll tell you the story is uh all sort of skin bite but basically two french guys actually um frederick cornet and emmanuel bartholomew and they were both left-wing french revolutionaries um during like all of the Napoleon shit going on in France. Mm. And they left, they were sort of, they fought on the same side effectively. They left France. No, it's not like the left to turn on each other. No, no, no. you think they'd be just in harmony. (laughs) It's like, we love each other. Um, But they, uh, they both, uh, they, one of them sort of killed a guard and escaped capture. The other one is um, uh, dressed up as a priest and escaped from prison in France. And they both sort of go to England as refugees and they're mingling in London with other French exiles and other sort of, Mm. People at the time, Bartholomew in particular, Bartholomew, I think is, is how you pronounce it, but in particular, he was rubbing shoulders with all very historical people, including uh, some socialist pioneers, uh, including Karl Marx. Hey. He taught Karl Marx how to fence. And this is how radical um, Bartholomew- That's not like... So Karl Marx is famous because of like... Coming like dust capital, like yeah. writing his yeah. his his mind. Yes, and you t- your your association with <laughs> you taught him fencing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah, I taught yeah. I taught Michael Jordan how to garden. It's like, <laughs> that's not a bag. Yeah. He's, he's not focused on gardening. For a guy that's like anti-capitalism <laughs> yeah. to teach him the most pro-capitalism sport, yeah. he's like you might as well have taught him polo. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, if I taught Michael Jordan how to garden, it's in my Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's oh. gonna be a bullet point there. <laughs> it's not like oh, that's not that interesting at all. <laughs> Raw state finalist, and then the Michael Jordan. Association. 
uh, help pl- Michael Jordan plan Aga Panthers. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he. Uh, this is how re- left wing radical he was. Um, with another German associate of his, he they plotted to assassinate Karl Marx for being too conservative. Oh, okay. <laughs> assassinate, assassinate Whoa. him for being too yeah, not yeah. left wing enough. Wow. The guy's like, you know, does come tell. So they in that in his buddy, Willich, uh, actually challenged Marx officially to a duel. He refused. Marx was a cow. It's so funny that you just. You can refuse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the move, I reckon. Yeah. I challenge you to a duel. No, no thank you. And I do not want to do that. No, I'm busy. Yeah. And I'm going to keep reading my book. I think you dropped your glove. <laughs> so challenge him to duel. Can I have the glove? <laughs> Looks like a good glove. Uh, can I have the other one as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like one Comes glove. a pair, right? Exactly you know, it's like an idiot. I mean, right? if you don't want that one. <laughs> Surely you don't want that. Can I have, have one glove? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be in the jewel and I'd love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest guy back then. That would have been so good. You know, people wonder what they'd be like going back in time. I think I'd do all right. I won't kill you. I will thumb wrestle you for the glove. <laughs> okay. Uh, one, two, three. Um, so, but Marx is uh, one of his younglings, his little followers, accepts on his behalf and they actually do duel and um, oh, gets shot. So this survives. is what happened. No, no, this is just a dueling was a real real hot summer of dueling back then, right? (laughs) So So he didn't die, but he got done like in the leg or something. That, that he, that he was a second. So when you duel, there's you have a second, right? So two guys are shooting each other, and you also have a buddy who makes sure that the rules are enforced. They're the referees. Oh, so this guy, as a precursor to the actual famous duel, the Egham duel, yeah, he was a second for a guy who did duel against Karl Marx's buddy, right? Yeah, so this is just a back, but then there's not. Just to get into the dueling mm, specifics, mm, mm, mm. no one died in that duel. In the first one, no. So how does that? So I, you just not, you get shot. Well, maybe you, lose if you just get hit. So you yeah. shoot, you shoot each other. Bang, bang. If you, he, one of them got hit. Are they doing die. the turning around quickly thing? No, that's an American thing. Apparently, oh. um, so they're just hang on, just, just pointing and fucking cheating. <laughs> These guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the spinning was like part of. Yeah. No, that's like, not that's a duel. That's just shooting each <laughs> other at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so they go three, two, one, boom. It's a, it's sort of ten paces, twenty paces. It's but you don't make the paces. Well, you, you know, just you know, like this, you got to go back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, but they like but mark a spot. And mark like, a spot. You stand here, you stand here, and you face each other it, the I, whole time. It's there's all these different rules. I think they come up with it on the spot. It's like pool. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own set of rules, <laughs> yeah. and you get on pub, and it's like, oh, you hit the black, and now yeah. you got to fucking yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. pub rules, dueling. Pub yeah. rules, dueling. Oh, imagine, so, like, oh god, imagine losing a duel and then having to run around with your pants. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine losing cr- a duel and then you don't like. I'd rather lose a duel with my pants around my ankles than lose the duel and you die. That would actually be a good distracting jewel strategy, actually, to enhance yourself at the last minute. I'd be introducing quite a, a lot of uh, creative rules, I reckon. If oh, we're making yeah. rules up on the spot, I'd be yeah. like, I've got, uh, so in my, where I'm from, we play um, you, um, I'll just be normal with my, you put uh, yours, turn it around and put it in your neck <laughs> <laughs> and then pull the trigger. We all have to shoot each other first and yeah. then you get to shoot the other person. <laughs> so uh, so it sounds like the way it's describing these jewels is just stand 20 paces, the challenger uh the the guy I challenge you to a duel. We stand twenty okay. paces. You get a shot at me. Bang. That makes sense. And then yeah, if, if you're you so miss red hot or you hit me, I so get a shot. So you don't even you. shoot at the same time. Well, sometimes so if, they do. Sometimes they take turns. So some people get offended or whatever. I'm picturing people at an old school pub and like mm-hmm. you. And I challenge you to a duel, and then we go outside. 
We go 20 paces away and then you shoot me in the head. <laughs> that's pretty awesome that that's possible. That's absolutely possible. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, that guy really got owned in that duel. <laughs> I think also remember this is like 1800s of the guns they were shooting, like ball bearings. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like some but of the- still some would just get killed first shot. The guy who got a challenge, didn't have to do 100%. anything, didn't get shot at. Yep, awesome. 100%. Dream and scenario. So that <laughs> happens quite a bit. So uh, that's the backstory. And then uh, the other guy, um, Cornet, was a man. He was in his 40s. He was a uh, – and they're both – these two guys are pretty famous. They're both described in um, Les Mis in the fifth novel, uh, fifth volume of his novel, Victor Hugo's novel. They, they talk about these guys as part of the French Revolution. They both had a big part to play in France. So – um, Victor Hugo describes Cornet as a man in his 40s as something of a blowhard, red-faced, heavy-fisted, well-known bully, and a habitual duelist. <laughs> so this is the other guy. And then Bartholomew oh is in his 20s, thin and puny, sallow-faced, uh, and um, taciturn, uh, sort of a tragic outcast. He was a fanatic, disciplined, ruthless, filled with a cold rage against society. So there's these two French guys. God. They've got a bit of a history of dueling. It One would thing. be addicting dueling. Yeah. Like I, if you go, I challenge you to a duel, like such a fun thing to say. Yeah. Like one of the top, like and badass things to, to say. Them, right? You get to slap, then you go outside, and then boom, they miss, you kill. Yeah. You're feeling like a king. You yeah, just yeah. get away with killing. You're bringing that up I a lot. Like, yeah. And then you know? someone's challenging you, like talking shit. You're like, I challenge you. Do, I, you, do, do another duel the next day. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, you but if you win that one, now you're on the run. Very Moorish duel. Yeah, that's how you become a habitual duel. Well, the pistols also come in those cool like velvet lined cases. Like after you murder yeah. a guy, it's got to be a pretty good putting it back in that damn case. Yeah, yeah, the pool parallels, again, are coming together. The yeah, pool, you know, yeah. you get the cue. Do you I challenge get you to money? a pool? Uh, yeah, if you I kill mean, them, you should get mm, all the stuff on them. I think that yeah, just rob their corpse. Yeah, I okay. mean, but it's a, the thing is, it's also an honourable thing, dueling, right? This is the whole point. <laughs> so, of so, it. so yeah, it's not murder. You can't get like you well, kill a guy. You well, as a precursor, it, it was allowed by the noble because it was seen as honourable. Mm. It wasn't. You couldn't duel if you duelled. If you were just commoners, and you're like, fuck you. I duel you, you go to jail yeah. for murder. But so the nobility a... were allowed to do it because it was seen as wow. an honourable way to settle disputes and to uphold your honour. So I have mm. a question about that. Mm. Is like, is there a limit for what the dispute can be? Yeah. So if I'm like, hey, Tom, you didn't make eye contact with me when I said hello. Yep. And you're like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, well, that's not enough for me. I challenge you to a duel. Or well, does he, it have to be like, well, Tom, Tom has you to stole accept. my fair maiden. Well, Tom has to accept, yeah. right? And if you can't force someone to duel. It's consensual. Tom, yeah, okay. Yeah, so th uh, there's no rules. It's not so a. So you've got to be pretty confident to accept. There's no yeah. legal standing. It's just an. Uh, you it's get just first a, shot. Yeah. The, the, the like, hey man, turns you fuck my eye. missus. You want to duel? You'll be like, mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm that. never duel. I've never duel. You've never duel, Tom. <laughs> no, I've never have and I never would. I, I thought when it was the spinning, my move would be, you know, you could start back to back. And then you go one, two. I'm sprinting. <laughs> yeah. I'm just running away. You're turning immediately and running and back. And then they turn. <laughs> <laughs> they turn around and I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> Very honourable. Across the field, like the most honourable duelist, yeah. Tom Cashman. I've never been so defeated honorable. in a duel. Yeah. You're Tom, challenging Tom, them as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then just, just running, running it. Tom at the pub with two dames. <laughs> around. Yeah. I mean, like, and I've never lost. Yeah. So. <laughs> Technically. Uh, so uh, I'll get into what happened though, right? So they're both mm. French exiles. They're both on the left. They're fighting on the same side. So what happened? And this is this revolution is still going on, right? Mm, yeah. And uh, so why did they end up dueling? Um, 
Corne had spread rumors about Bartholomew's girlfriend, suggesting she was a prostitute. Whoa! Oh. That's how the left eats itself, right? So they, so he's like, sex worker, sex worker. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was, that's that was the dispute. Yeah, yeah. She, yes, she <laughs> is, but it's a sex worker, <laughs> and it's real work. You're sounding a Corne. little bit like a swerf, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all folks here. <laughs> okay. uh, so most men, knowing Corne's reputation as a habitual duelist, might have turned a deaf ear, but Bartholomew. Uh, however, the slight was not just personal. Um, dignity of his class and the revolutionary enterprise was at stake. Uh, Corne refused to apologize, and a duel was wow. inevitable. So he said, apologize or we duel. I will not apologize for calling your ex, apparently his ex-girlfriend, oh, his ex. a prostitute. Wow. So I they might. This is an honorable guy. Very honorable. They march over to Priest Hill near um, near Egham. Um, Englefield Green is officially the little locale. Um, part of the sort of Egham area. And uh, so Corne, uh, they do the whole thing. It seems like, like I said, they, it's 20 yards apart and it's like, I challenge you, so you shoot first. So yep. Corne confidently lets loose his fire but misses his aim. So, so now- So this is the guy with the girlfriend <laughs> or the- No, the this guy is the, who the guy, the, um, He said the insult. The insulter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? so, so he, he insults, gets first sh- he shot. He gets first shot because he was challenged. Yeah. Gotcha. So the, so the guy who- you know, yes, he, he got challenged. He said yes. He gets first shot, misses. So Ooh. now he has to stand there while it's Bartholomew's turn. Yeah, so was, and that, that is again. the funniest time to run. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I'm gonna go to work. Oh, actually, oh, yeah. oh, this has been great, boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the time? Oh, oh, I, think, I think I see the light. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, good duel, good duel, good duel. Uh, you know. I mean, carrying on with the pool theme, it would be great if a guy walked up to the fence and put a coin on. It. So, like, I'm dueling I'm, I'm okay. killing the guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> taking forever. They're just taking too many shots because yeah. they're drunk. And it's like, how long? Um, so he misses, and now it's Bartholomew's turn. He pulls his gun out, pulls the trigger. The gun misfires. Oh. But that doesn't count as a shot. <laughs> That's, right? This is like pool as well. <laughs> you like, just clip it or whatever, have another one. Yeah. <laughs> pool stick snaps. It'd be so funny to pull out when it's your second go. <laughs> they're like, they've got like an old kind of musket or whatever, yeah. and you pull out a sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> With a laser sword. Like, what the fuck? Just call in an airstrike. You know, it's like, you drop a bomb in this guy's head. Um, so he pulls a trigger, misfires. He tries again, misfires again. And in the growing frustration of terror, because this guy's got to stand there and like, yeah, yeah. he's like sitting there like, take your fucking shot. Yeah, totally. And he's just misfiring, misfiring. So Corne throws his weapon at Bartholomew and he says, use mine then. Bartholomew picks it up. Takes aim, shoots him. Uh, successfully. Co- successfully. Uh, Kills him? Co- no, uh, mortally wounded. Uh, so falls to the ground. So yes. He, yes, but not instantly. Yeah. So he dies later <laughs> that <laughs> night. He didn't kill him. Mortally wounded. What's the guy most persnickety guy in the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Bensley, I'm sensing a jewel. <laughs> Where's my glove? <laughs> uh, so he, so they, he carries him off. They all don't know what happened, but he, they take him to the li- nearby Barley Mow Inn, which is still an in there apparently um pub and he dies probably plays a game of pool as well <laughs> he's just bleeding out uh but he dies that night so then uh he gets arrested uh they arrest everyone and because he was like well it's a duel it's sort of leak no one yeah. cares right but the thing is this is why it was a sort of the last duel mm. is uh technically um it was permitted again for aristocrats officers and gentlemen but they were french guys they weren't nobility wow, in england yeah but they were honorable men Yep. Right in the eyes of that, that was their defense. Their defense mm. was okay. We're not commoners though, mm. but we're not 
like yeah. so that, so where what what we did was for an honorable cause and the judge had to be like mm, no i dismissed that because okay you're honorable but we can't just allow dueling for on for honorable people so yeah. effectively made this like law judgment that said no more fucking dueling. It's wow. not. A, it's not a legal grey area anymore. I'm going to say so just because you're honourable doesn't mean you get away with this. So racism against the French, yeah, yeah. caused a hundred percent. There we go. Caused, like it was very caused many positive yeah, yeah. things. Saved lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so yes, they got he got charged with manslaughter though, um, and he got like six months in jail. Wow. Um, later on, not his gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Point. Absolutely, mm. you're, a good, in, you're a good lawyer. Put it, in, <laughs> put it in the hand of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he was so depressed about almost losing the jewel. <laughs> Tom's defense lawyer is like, also, if there's any medieval music that are part of this trial, I can, uh, I'm really, I can really help out. Just waiting for that. Yeah, some back, back, back in black bar. or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So last jewel in England. There you go. Wow. On the on Drew, the, do you on the do hills. Your thing? I can, yeah. If yeah. Uh, well, I'll get a beer for it. <laughs> you know it's going to be long. You know it's going to be long. It's going to be dry, baby. Uh, some more history. Can I say? Can I grab one, Kirk, mm -hmm. if there's one going as well? I'm, I'm very sorry for implying that um, it was all just going to be street signs. Like, oh, that's really the most epic tale. I was sitting on a bump steer there, didn't I? I started out, so, egg, I, I had a whole paragraph on egg ham. Other towns that sound like breakfast meal. <laughs> Sauce, sausage omelette. Oh, and I'm feeling really personally responsible. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Dr. Seuss-ass town. <laughs> um, this is a guy, this is a bit pretty interesting character who did live for a short time in Egham. He's, he's sort of all over the shop. Goes by the name William Challoner. Uh, this bloke's born in Warwickshire, 1650, died in 1699. Uh, and this bloke was famous for being like, so he started off, he was forging Birmingham groats, which is mm. a type of coin. Mm. Um, uh, silver coin worth four pence. Uh, then he moved on to forging guineas, French pistols, crowns, half crowns, banknotes, and he lottery tickets. French pistols, you know, counterfeit pistols. Pistols was the name of the of oh, their right, sp like Spanish gold coin. They called them pistols, but it's spelled like oh, pistoles or whatever. Right, it's like a Spanish so. coin, but for some reason manufactured in France. But he would um. He was really good at, at, at forging these, but he also had a few like other weird scams on the side. He worked, um, here it says he worked as a quack doctor, a soothsayer, <laughs> and a sham anti-Jacobite agent provocateur to collect mm. government rewards. Wow. So oh this guy's God. got his finger in a lot of pies, mm. a lot of scams going on. Soothsayer, did you say? Soothsayer, yeah. Right. What's okay. a soothsayer? I don't know. Like a, it's a, like a... a Oh, like a, for, like a fortune, fortune teller. teller. Fortune teller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. such a cool thing, like back in the day, that if you just were like good at talking shit, which this guy clearly was, yeah. you just have to make your apartment or where you live a bit spooky. Bit yeah. And then yeah. you just, I think what they probably did really is use intuition, kind of like a therapist would. Totally. Sure. And utilize gossip because lots of other people yep. are coming and telling them shit yeah absolutely. just being like oh i think there's a breakup in your future because <laughs> you've to spoken to the boyfriend because <laughs> i'm fucking your wife yeah. <laughs> and then it happens they're like oh he's a soothsayer oh, yeah, yeah, i think yeah. there's a duel in your future sir. <laughs> exactly. also i don't want my soothsayer to be a quack doctor as well yeah, you know yeah, i feel yeah. like that's a bad song. it's a lot of yeah a lot of costume changes for this poor guy yeah um apparently so as a kid he, he was like notoriously hard to control so his parents sent him off to apprentice for a nail maker in Birmingham, uh, which at the time was known as a town where a lot of coin production was uh, occurring. So he, now he immediately shows a talent for forging coins. And are you, he's, are you um, just allowed to at this time 
like currently we have the mint makes the coins and they mm. regulate that because <coughs> if there's too many made, then the value sure. of them will go down. Uh, At this stage, you're just allowed to make coins. We will absolutely get to the f- the start of the royal mint. This no, is this oh won't my be for like god! But yeah. minutes, I'm so. very sorry <laughs> sure, for sure. asking the most intelligent question <laughs> possible. <laughs> well, hey, it was great, and also short answer, yeah. But it's not fiat yeah. currency, right? It's coins based on gold and silver, That's so correct. they have value in itself. They have, right. so it's known but by they're more value if it's just. Oh, it's just they make a specific weight, so mm-hmm. then you can guarantee that they you trust the silver forger. or gold. That's one yes. bit, mm. correct? Okay, that makes sense. Um, so this guy, he's he's quite ambitious, and like I said, he immediately shows some sort of talent um, for doing this, and so he walks from Birmingham to London. Which I did a Google map search. That's a two-day walk Whoa. today. I don't know how long it's taken back then. I don't mm. know how many fields and duels he's passing. Um, but at the time where he gets to London and he has ambitions to start his own sort of like now manufacturing and doing all this coin stuff. But there were craftsmen guilds um, that prevented him from finding any gainful work. So he starts his own side hustle, manufacturing and hawking tin watches, which I had a look and it's like a big uh, sort of... Um, container almost what you'd get like tea in today right like a mm. tin container mm-hmm. uh containing dildos whoa uh, and what was it called it was a, a tin watch containing dildos to cater for the sexually adventurous age so the Jeez. 1680s was swinging so you have a whole 16- thing of dildos so it's not just one you get a couple of dildos. he's actually it's it's the same as now he's making coins crypto <laughs> and, and all the women are getting into dildos yeah. It's the, 20, it's the 2010. <laughs> it is. Do we know what dildos are made of in this day and age? Um, no, I don't. Tin? I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know. Certainly not plastic yeah. or rubber. It's definitely not what they're made of now. It'd be like ivory or something. I don't know. Mm. Whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that just because they're already shaped like a dildo? <laughs> <laughs> That's how Drew's brain works. Probably, probably ivory. Probably ivory. Because so that kind of looks like a Probably a banana or something. <laughs> Cucumber dildos, I think they make. Probably ivory. <laughs> the most expensive thing <laughs> in the world. How are we going to make a shape like that? I don't know. We'll kill a fucking no. elephant <laughs> in Africa. That's a pretty good idea. I'll walk now to Africa. You're getting two yeah. dildos for one elephant. <laughs> two dildos. <laughs> to change any metal into that shape. Oh, that's Fuck impossible. Me. Can't be done. <laughs> Got to get on a boat. I'm glad I asked that <laughs> question. Below the Sahara. Uh, well, this is apparently this whole dildo craze was a thing. There's a, um, according to historian Thomas Levinson in his book, Newton and the Counterfeiter, as early as 1660, there were reports of imported Italian dildos being oh, sold on St. James Street. Stuff. Yeah, Whoa. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Ferrari of dildos. Yeah. That's yeah. Italian ivory. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so post the dildo selling, he went into his quack doctor slash soothsayer era. Um, according to an, an anonymous biography published in 1699, mm. which is the year he died. So this is like when they've got like an obituary ready to go in the yeah. New York Times or something, right? Mm. Uh, he uh, Because he had, quote, the best knack at tongue pudding, Okay. I try to find anything to tongue do. Tongue pudding is 
I'm guessing it's Gift of the Gab. I think oh. it's Gift of the Gab. Oh, oh, okay. oh that's what that's I meant as well. I meant yeah. going down on chicks. Yeah. Well. That's what I thought yeah. Gift of the Gab meant. <laughs> uh, really? Kind of well, what does it mean? That's gift, uh, gift of the Gob. Conlingus <laughs> <laughs> meant being a real good speaker. <laughs> You're down there just being like, really crazy thing happened to me on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, babe? Anyway. Anyone, uh, anyone here drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that's I, I guess he was just a good talker. Yep. He established himself as this quack doctor, this soothsayer. Uh, and this is, again, quote from this biography, pretending to tell silly wenches what sort of husbands they should have and discovering <laughs> stolen goods, etc. So he would just get, go in there and tell women exactly what you say. He's hearing match, gossip yeah, and being like, matchmaking. Yeah, matchmaking. I, feel, I see it in your future. Totally. That, you know, you, I'm getting the you sense that you're horny. Have you ever, <laughs> do you want one of these? Um, but it also says he, he's <laughs> a bouquet of telling yeah. it's, like it's like a whole fucking bouquet. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if he's the best soothsayer. He just diagnoses everyone with being horny and charges them five pistol, pistoles to, to have some ivory wasn't up that, there. Wasn't that what doctors would do back in the day? Say, you, w- woman, you're hysterical. You got to lay down. I'm going to dildo this out of you. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to dildo this out of you. <laughs> That's what yeah, that real. Yeah, there was, I think, I feel like that. Have you watched too many medieval pornos? True. I just like the soundtrack. So the last one it says he was so discovering stolen goods. That was a scam. So I looked up what that was. What he would do is he would find people's stolen goods to collect the reward. But the reason he was so good at it was because he would steal the thing. Yeah. Oh. So he would just rob someone, and yeah. they'd be like, "Hey, I, has anyone seen my dildo? Uh, like, yes. I left it That's there what on the today. Yeah, totally. And he would come, and he would do it. Uh, so, but again, his real talent—he was very skilled at this forgery of coins, like that. He was a fucking artist, right? Uh, and for some background, the English currency this time was a total shambles. So before 1662, coins were hand pressed, and people would clip the edges which lowers the weight. So people would be like, hey, this is X amount of weight, but people would clip the edges off to make new coins and then it lowers it and so you can't, it debases yeah, the currency, right? Totally. Uh, so to stop this, coins started being machine pressed by the Royal Mint. That's They started the Royal Mint to do this. They had special engravings on the edges. So forging them became the business. You, you didn't have to clip them anymore. You had to actually make them look good. Um, so much so that by 1696, 10% of all the coins in England were forgeries. Wow. Like that was insane, right? Whoa. I don't have you guys ever come across a f- like a false bill or anything out in the wild? Like had mm. you know sometimes you pay with a hundred and people do that they check on the window on that. We yeah. used to have a the, the rumor at school was if you glued f- two five cent pieces together, the Spray vending cold. machine yeah, would yeah. think it was a two dollar coin. Two which two five, five cent yeah. pieces yeah. together. Yes, yeah. I vendor, that. The vendor that would, and I remember going, I cannot wait till Monday morning because <laughs> I've spent all Sunday gluing these boys. But and I went in there with like seven. Two dots yeah. and this and this went straight into the return slot. Yeah. I'm like, oh well, this is obviously you know it's faulty machine. Yeah, here. come on here, it's a bad spin. And then just no, nah, it just could yeah. tell instantly. Could no, tell they're so clever. They're clever mine. those yeah. machines. I had a friend who um, he was at the train station one day with um, a guy f- from school, and he um, the the guy knew some trick on the vending machine. Like you hold this letter and then you hold this letter and then press refund and it gave like a free drink. Mm. Hell yeah! And it was like, oh, awesome. And then the next day, he, I think at lunch, people had their computers out or something. And uh, my friend saw on the guy who'd done that yesterday's computer, I think he went to the bathroom or something. He had Googled like ways to look cool in front of friends. <laughs> and that was number one on the thing. Like that was, he still had that open 
as the thing that you oh. And it was, it was a real trick. And it was a real trick. It wasn't like I've put money in and then no one saw it and then I've pretended to be cool. It actually worked. And oh my but God. It, but that all... could have been that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never suspected it until now. Surely that's just like, you don't need, that's number one on the, everyone, that's the coolest thing ever. Like yeah, that's yeah. not a well, trick. Fonzie famously hits the vending machine and the, the Coke roll. Wow, yeah. totally. I mean, yeah. that you would need a manufacturer's setting to open it or something. Yeah. But probably involves a key, not just clicking that's the That's right what I was going to say. The manufacturer's like, we need a way to like distribute. Well, I just press that and that, and <laughs> yeah. then no one will ever figure We've got that a out. big responsibility here, boys. Some of these people in these schools are not getting friends. <laughs> we need them to look cool in front of other guys. Okay, we need to make a secret code that only the people who need it can remember. Yeah. Um, so the other big problem with the currency, despite uh, you know, beside the forgery thing and the clipping, was that uh, its value as just as silver and gold. Uh, in Amsterdam and Paris was worth more than its face value as a coin. Mm. So this is this huge arbitrage market of people yep. getting Get coins, fucking off, down, yeah. yep, selling them. Uh, so the Bank of England was created. That's that's why it was created to sort of get this whole situation under such control. such a basic thing for a It's like the thing can't be worth more if you destroy <laughs> no, it. Because yeah. <laughs> it's the whole basis of your economy. And people are just, everyone they get, totally. they're just, it's in their interests it's to insane. go and melt it. It's like, great. Um, so stupid. And so they, the Bank of England want to get this under control. So who do they ask? Fucking Isaac Newton. Oh. Whoa. So they're like, Isaac, you know, he's the smartest guy in town. But this, uh, yeah, this guy taught, <laughs> taught Isaac Newton how to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gravity thing, you know? He's shooting he's like, oh, it he is relevant to his thing. <laughs> and I just now realized while I'm reading this that I accidentally have written Isaac Newtown. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a great that's character. A great yeah, what would he be like, you know? Oh, Apple would drop, he'd yeah. turn into a bomb, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably go he, him, pronouns. <laughs> uh, so uh, this bloke Chaloner, um, the forger, and New uh, Newton, they end up in like a cat and mouse game for the rest of Ch- uh, Chaloner's life because he's the best forger. And really, New- so and this Newton is catch is me if you can, but with one hundred percent. Yep, Chaloner. But why is it? Who, hang on, why is what's Newton doing? What's he been asked to? Do? <laughs> he's, he's been asked to like figure out to how, how the central bank can get this like currency situation under control. This is so awesome. Like I didn't know that these guys that you hear about now for figuring out you know big scientific things were just on call like <laughs> to solve from the problems. government to solve big. <laughs> yes. problems. Like, yeah, they're like really McKinsey good. or something. Totally. You know? yeah, like, yeah, exactly. let's, let's get in Price Waterhouse Coopers <laughs> to solve this. Thing. This guy who discovered gravity <laughs> somehow is the only smart person yeah. anyone knows. Hey, the biggest genius <laughs> is the guy that figures out stuff falls down. It's like, you know, wow. it's like, I reckon the king would have read something about Newton and he's an idiot, so he just thinks, yeah. and they're like, what should we do? And he's like, what about Newton? And no one wants to challenge the king that the he's got nothing to guy. do with it. Like, yeah. well, he would figure it out, right? He's a smart guy. And they're like, sure. Yeah, why not? Okay, hey, all right. Okay. We'll get Newton. Well, but Newton evidently took this very seriously. Um, so meanwhile, uh, Chaloner, his reputation at the time and his success uh, as a master coiner is just growing to the point where he puts on, because he was a bit of a, like a scamp. Like I said, his parents couldn't control him, a bit of a ne'er-do-well. Uh, but he starts putting this big affect on of being like a gentleman. Mm. So he buys a big, a big house in Knightsbridge. He collects expensive silverware, starts dressing fancy clothes. He rides around in a carriage, right? Uh, and then he pulls another classic move, leaves his family, and starts boning all the ladies in the counterfeit coin scene. This is a crypto guy, by the way. Like, <laughs> it is crypto. He's got a car. He's got like a car. I, know, like, I have got. I this like how note. there are ladies in the counterfeit coin scene. Yeah, look at the scene. There are a few. Like, there are literally there was like 
ladies that he were just other forgers and he yes. famously had affairs with. <laughs> but you're right, the crypto thing. I found a guy recently, a dude, Ben Armstrong, formerly known as BitBoy. Mm. Um, he recently left his wife for a chick he met while doing like, he's like a Twitter YouTube, um, I'll tell you about it. You know, he's just like a grifter. Mm. Um, but in the one of the most psychotic things I've ever seen, this is what he tweets. Uh, sometimes in life you make mistakes you can't undo. Sad to tell you all that Be- uh, Bethany Literary, and he tags her in this, and I oh, are getting no. a divorce. Oh my God, I read this tweet last night. She, she filed divorce papers to me today to get it out of the way so that there are no questions. Yes, I am with Duchess of DeFi and tags her. So he's tagged his Jesus wife and his side Christ. piece in the same tweet to announce he's getting divorced. Like, is, that is psychotic, right? That Jesus. is yeah. insane energy. That's Last night you said it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what a move. This is, this is That's number two behavior. on the how to be cool. <laughs> like, all the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Break up with your wife and your girlfriend. Uh, so, um, as you know, as he's putting on this affect of a fancy pants gentleman, he's known around town. It's like everyone's like, "Yeah, that guy. He's like, he's great at um, making coins. He knows about coins. He's fancy." And so he's sort of. Um, I love this guy. He knows about coins and he's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Me, coin. I don't know about coins. <laughs> I look at a coin. What? What is that? A small, <laughs> small disc of some type. Classic coin guy. I'm not in the mood to do discus. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my hands are a bit bigger than that. Oh, no, thank so you. It's like a midget's discus. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uses his um, his gentlemanly appearance and his reputation to offer his services to Parliament and the Royal Mint. Oh. Like, literally at the end of Catch Me If You Can when Frank Abagnale yeah. starts working for the FBI. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but he's got bigger plans, though, and he recruits a couple of fellas by the name of Tom Holloway and John Pierce, and they buy a house in Egham. Whoa. Where the noise of coining and hot molding machines won't be suspicious. So it's like getting a, mm. a meth lab, but you mm. buy like a rural house where no one's totally. going to hear mm-hmm. or smell mm-hmm. anything going on, right? Um, and also, uh, Egham was outside the legal boundary of London as well. So that was the other reason they yeah, chose Egham. This is the fucking problem. And they <laughs> lied to me. It's at the Royal Holloway University. This fucking trickster <laughs> called at the University of London and it was way out. They didn't have it's any outside. vibe at all. And the, toilets in, and the toilets in Sweden don't even work properly. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably him as well. Holloway! <laughs> That's how far out of London it is that the London, the, like, the laws don't exist yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. can't even force law. Yeah, it's totally. so far away. Um, also, <laughs> one of the guys he took was Tom Holloway. I don't know if he has any bearing on the fact that it is now Holloway. Um, But they just start churning out coins in their little Egham house. Um, And the quality is apparently so good that he hates the fact, like he resents the fact that they have to be used. Like he's in it for the art. He's like, look at this beautiful coin. How can I put it out on the street? God. Um, So he's, yeah. That's what I'd say too. (laughs) He's Walter White, this guy. I do, I I, I collect coins for the artworks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, buddy. Um, uh, people, meanwhile, people just keep getting busted for forged coins and every time someone gets busted, they're like, yeah, but like, how good is this forgery? You know, like they're like, this is a mm. fucking a challenger. Like people mm. know the quality, right? But people around him are getting busted. He's good at kind of protecting himself and not you know, dodging the law sort of thing. Mm. Um, the rest, like there's all politics and stuff that's way too complicated and we're running out of time so I won't get into it. But basically his, his ambition is to be the guy who designs the coins for the mint and puts all the security into the coins, but he has the machine as well. So he can be like, I've designed this. This is how you get 
unforgeable coins. Yeah, promise also, Isaac Newton, one. promise the government, oh, this <laughs> yep. will be enough to <laughs> totally. ensure yep. that there's no yeah. fakes, but then do does the fakes Newton exactly Does Newton come in way. again in this story or <coughs> he did does. he just fail? No, he oh. comes. He comes in um, because he keeps denouncing Royal Mint employees as corrupt and say, and testifying at trials that he's never f- uh, forged a coin, but this guy, he forges coins. Like, he's just trying to work his way into the good graces of the Mint. But uh, at the same time, People who keep getting busted are like, that's Challoner's coin and Newton's here in these rumors, right? Uh, And so Mm. Newton at the time is undertaking his own plan for fixing this currency thing. And his plan was to recoin the entire currency in the land. Yeah, which he did. Start from scratch. A hundred percent. Get rid of all the coins, start with the the Newton brand. He did that and it took until 1699 when 7 million pounds of coins had to be minted. Um, And also at the same time, uh, Chaloner, he's got side scams again that I won't get into, but like he's doing so much forgery, it's ridiculous, mm. and he's obviously making shit tons of cash. Newton eventually gets sick of this, like he's just like fuck this guy. He keeps getting away with it. I know he's forging coins, and uh, uh, Newton starts employing a network of spies and informants, like among his contacts. So he gets uh, John Pierce to flip on him, and he starts like you got to go mm. undercover. <laughs> um, and they, they, he finds a bunch of people, puts together an airtight case, bunch of witnesses testifying against him. Chaloner pulls a classic move, pretends to be insane, goes mm. for the insanity defense. Yes. <laughs> Does not work. Uh, the jury apparently needed only a few minutes to reach a verdict, and he was sentenced the next day. Uh, and then over the following fortnight, he wrote a series of letters to both Newton and Justice Railton, who was the supervising magistrate, that were, quote, in turn, aggressive, blame-shifting, begging, accusatory, and rambling. Wow. So it's going through the whole uh, the whole system then. Mm-hmm. That again, that did not work. And in uh, March 22, 1699, he was hanged on the gallows. Oh shit. And then publicly Chalina. disemboweled. Oh, which was apparently, apparently the style at the time. <laughs> apparently the style. <laughs> is hanging not enough? Uh, that's <laughs> you got thought. him. Okay, yeah. you got him. What about this as well? This is you know how like you think of public executions, people used to go to to watch it like it was, yeah. you know, let's go to the movies. Would go watch a guy die. <laughs> yeah. And so again, you're right, Kirk. That's so fucked up, but there was a detail that made me like just sort of wince. Oh. So it says as when he before he got disemboweled, as he's hanging, it says he was twisting and writhing as he died, which was apparently common, and it was called the hangman's dance. Yeah. Oh. So people are like, oh, yeah. like, hey, he's doing the hangman's dance. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I can't wait to get to the disemboweling. Oh. Yeah, and because you go down and watch it like the movies, or I like, you know, I take a piss and I come back and it's like, oh, <laughs> he's done the hangman's dance. Why can I hold on the whole fucking yeah, but time? You get the mid-credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> getting disemboweled. Stay for the bloopers at the end. You know what I mean? So that's the disemboweling. You know, he ain't going to be in Rush Hour Three. That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, hey. Yeah. Well, hey, that's one of uh, it's William Chaloner, one of Egham's finest. Wow. wow. So he was from. There. Well, he lived in. That was he went there to get that away was his, from uh, gotcha. drug den. Exactly, house. that was the yeah. drug den. Wow. Evidently, it was such a rural place at the time that he's like, this is the perfect place to set up my own minting operation. Yes, mm. and then. The subsequent coins were the coins for ages, presumably. This well, he, is the beginning yeah, of the yeah. I, I wonder if you could still find a shell. He didn't. He never. He never convinced them to let them use his design and so the subsequent coins were the ones that Isaac Newton replaced yep. the entire currency with. Totally. So Just Newton's cr- kind of a bad guy. Well, he's no. He's, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm on Challenger's side. That's the wildest take I've ever 
<laughs> Jamie wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was not. <laughs> Kai gets hung and disemboweled for being a criminal across every single way. Yeah, and the guy relentlessly trying to track him down the entire story. Yeah. And Jamie's like, like one of the most famous people from that yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. That like, everyone knows. Is Newton's nah, cancelled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> be pro cop, guys. Real cool. <laughs> I'm more of a challenging guy. All right. Uh, we're oh, we're running out of time. I did want to ask you about this because we've had a few people who have gone to university in England and have mm. done exchange. Uh, Freddie McManus, Tim Hewitt have all done it. Yeah. Uh, so you, you've experienced a nightlife as part of a university student, right? Mm. So one thing that we've heard <laughs> from multiple people is that when you close, when a bar closes and you're still there, they play, play uh, Angels by Robbie Williams. To oh clear wow! You out. Interesting. I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, didn't make mm. it to Egan. No. Didn't oh, make it to closing, day. I guess. All I remember is they had, uh, were they <laughs> called? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tom's like 9.30. Yeah. 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 Surely it's going to be closing soon, right? Like, you know. They're going to shit pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember it was something like a, a, a snake bite. Ah, oh, that's a drink, oh, right? I think Huey mentioned snake yeah. bite in his episode. I don't know what it is. It, is I think it it's energy? wine and beer or something. Ooh. Or something Ooh. like it that. It is something disgusting. It's something I disgusting. It was it's not a, good. Like an energy shot. Maybe it's um, an energy drink. With beer. Like, yeah, you know how beer, we do, yeah. what are they called? Yeah, Vodka. it's a death charge, right? Like um, a Red Bull. No, no, no. The, the one. Jager bomb. Jager bomb. But that with beer, maybe. I think that's maybe what it is. It just really was. Because I remember the dynamic there was a bit. Everyone in the college was like 18, 19. And I was 21, which, you know, not a big difference now, mm. but at the time, a big Technically difference. Technically a Turley, right? Yeah, well, they just, yeah. <laughs> they were all kind yeah. of like, I mean, I had a girlfriend, mate. <laughs> um, a beautiful girlfriend over in Sweden <laughs> waiting for me to visit Yeah, her, I bet people believe that. Yeah. 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 She doesn't go here. She goes to a different country. <laughs> She's actually <laughs> Swedish. Have you ever had sex with her? Oh, I keep having to take a shit. <laughs> Not really, but a couple of times it's come up. Yeah. When um, we try, I do really good shit. So <laughs> that's a positive. I had one of my um, um, most embarrassing moments of my life in Egham. Oh, please oh, lay it on us. Yes. No, more embarrassing potentially that even than the um, the shitting. Um, <laughs> it happened at a gym. I used to have a bit about this, so you might have heard the story. But I went to a gym with my best friend. There it was a Danish girl called Nina, and she wanted to. She was into trampolining, I think, and wanted to join the the gym. Mm. And then took me down to the gym, and I had a bit of like a, I suppose, a complex about not having been to a gym before because I'd never been to a gym before. And I remember getting there, and the guy offered a tour of the gym and how the gym worked or whatever. And I, I said no, because I didn't want Nina to think that I'd never been to a gym before. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to act yeah, like yeah, I yeah. really knew about gyms. <laughs> and then I remember getting in there, and I had never used any of the machines or anything. So I thought I'll, I'll go on the treadmill. I've never been on a treadmill before. <laughs> um, but I used to, I was good at running <laughs> okay. in high school. Yeah. So I'm like, and it was at the front of the gym. Um, all of the machines were facing the treadmills that were kind of across uh, the front of the gym, facing this mirror. And there was a gap in the mirror. So I went to the one where the gap, there was a gap in the mirror because I didn't want to look at myself or yeah. be seen to be kind of narcissistically sure. looking at myself. Because yeah. at the time, I think I had a bit of an anti-gym kind of like gym guys are obsessed with looking at themselves in the mirror kind of vibe. Started running. I was trying to impress Nina. Turned up the, I think to like 15 Ks an hour or something and was going pretty good. Like that was a pace I was comfortable with. Be but fun. just had never... I suppose being on a treadmill didn't know how like a simple lapse mm. in in focus could send you. And basically, I, I fell off the <laughs> treadmill. It's crazy. You hit your knees and then your elbows and then your face yeah. on the treadmill bit, Oof. and then all again on the ground. Like it's it's an instant. And it shoots you. Like it shot me back. 
And I remember being like, obviously so embarrassed. It was a full gym. British people are so awkward too. Like no one was like, oh, yeah. are you okay? Or think that, but they're just all kind of like side-eyeing you. <laughs> and, but I jumped up to make it look like it was a deliberate thing. Start doing push-ups on the ground. Yeah, I'm fucking crossfit. We call yeah. this Australian But it was so awkward. Didn't know what to do in that moment. And then turned back to the treadmill and from a standing start, oh, limped no. back, which was still going, <laughs> thinking that I could just keep it, but no, immediately <laughs> again oh, no. and smashed myself a second <laughs> time <laughs> and then jumped up again like I oh, did it on purpose oh, again. Geez, like, Tom, absolute dude, this is you, this is you flushing the toilet yeah, over yeah, every space. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm lucky the mirror wasn't there. If you had seen that, it would have been very embarrassing to watch. Well, this is the thing. Then I get back on... Like on the sides, I got on the sides and then I didn't turn it down. I just And you're just panic mode at this point. I'm yeah, panic mode. Just like, <laughs> and I remember, because I was still also a little bit in the, because I used to be pretty good at running, as I said, and like still, and I was there to kind of show off. And I remember thinking to myself, like if I run, like 10 minutes after that, at this pace, if I run for long enough, the, the, the takeaway from my experience here will be, wow, that guy ran for a long time. Okay, he had one moment of... <laughs> yeah, like one lap. We remember, we remember the time he, he absolutely decked himself <laughs> One <twice>. blip. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Can you, you know, he was absolutely big just surrounded by two 10-minute chunks of just like of technically excellent. perfect. You believe he ran 15 kilometres and only fell off twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was still my mindset. And so I was running for ages and was like, really tired and like yeah. getting to the point where I'm but like wanted to go as absolutely far as I can so that would be the story and at that stage I remember the guy who worked there who I said I didn't need a two or two at the beginning he came over to me <laughs> and he's like oh he was just really polite he was just like a bit of a check-in are you right man like everything all good <laughs> and I'm was still trying to be cool and knowing about gyms and like <laughs> acting like the story was that I was good at running so I was like I did a very dismissive kind of like yeah, mate, I'm like, I'm fine. Like, why wouldn't I be? And he was like, yeah, all right, just, just checking <laughs> in. You're bleeding from the skull, <laughs> dude. I look down at that stage, and I have blood all over me, oh all down God. my arms, all down my legs, because you hit your knees and then your oh elbows on the thing. God. But I didn't notice at the time because I was just diving back on. So for like 15, 20 oh. minutes, I've been like clearly running too fast for myself, covered in blood. <laughs> So and all these English people just are too awkward to say anything. And the guy probably just thinks you don't know how to get off. <laughs> like, he's like, mate, you just press stop. You, you can't outrun it. To be fair, I didn't know how to turn it down. Imagine if someone didn't see you fall, though, and see you coming in, running at a frantic pace, covered in blood. Yeah, this like, this guy is the best athlete. Just like, just like that's how fast he's going. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm training for Tough Mudder, whatever. <laughs> Holy that shit. Is that's an incredible story. Oh, you know, uh, Tom, if someone says to you, cast your mind back, if someone says, I'm going to Egham for a day and I need an yeah. itinerary, I need something to do morning, afternoon, and night, what do you tell yeah, them to do? What's a typical day? Them to go? Man. All I remember is the the college. Yeah. Very lovely. It's it's kind of a bit of a sightseeing thing is how cool the college looks. It mm -hmm. looks yeah. like a big kind of old school um, Hogwarts-esque um, college. Yeah. I think it was actually <laughs> built more uh, recently than it looks. Like the type of okay. architecture. It's one of those ones where it was like yeah. 100 years ago, but it's meant to look like it's 300 years mm -hmm. ago or something. Totally. So I think architecture people would be less marveled 
Well, uh, le- less impressed than, than than most, but um, I think I'd go there. I remember like going to the pub a few times. Like it's the it's a pretty nothing town. town. Yeah, I reckon. Mm. I suppose just go have some beers. But I reckon I think potentially the Magna Carta place. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe the the, the uni. It, it felt like a little uni town. Yep. So mm-hmm. the only thing I remember really is the college. Totally. So does that mean would you ever visit Egham again? Would you go back there? I remember thinking I might just for memories. Yeah, to trigger kind of. You go back to the gym. <laughs> and be like, man. <laughs> Maybe look the, at me I now. remember there was a Pizza Express. Oh, I remember I love those little dough balls. I remember Express. totally. I remember walking. <laughs> Jamie's going to be googling something after the pod. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think I've been to Pizza Express, you are sorely mistaken. A little bit of post pod research. <laughs> <laughs> dough balls from Pizza Express. You're the only guy who gets there. And it's like uh, you can rule out the Express. I want to <laughs> really let this pizza sink in. Save it. I'm here slice. for the long haul. I, I, I don't need the tour of Pizza Express. <laughs> I remember another memory I just had of like walking down from the college to the station. I remember at night walking back from the pub, I think to college and there was like a bush and this woman or girl, like, you know, 20 years old or something, 19 comes out of the bush and was just so drunk, like barely could stand kind of going, ah, um, who are you? And we're like, Oh, are you all right? Like far, far out. Mm. And she's like, ah, and then was going to walk on the road so me and um, I think two other people kind of like were stopping her from going on the road and then kind of had her up against the wall. And she's like, no, I don't want to have sex with you. No. I'm like, no, no, it's, we're not, there's no sex happening. Like you're, you're drunk, you need to get home. Where do you live? She's like, oh, wouldn't tell us where she lived. I think someone, someone knew her. So then people were walking past and I remember being like, does anyone know this girl? And knows where she lives. And then one girl goes, oh, yeah, I know, like, she lives with Max or something down there. And I'm like, would you would you come with us to, like, get her home? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, it's like, she's really, like, she needs to get home. Like, she's about to walk onto the road, like, please. Yeah. And she's like, no. And I'm like, come on, like, why not? And she goes, it's my birthday. <laughs> 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 That's very good. Birthday month. Yeah, what a privilege. Okay. Uh, Tom, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I have a podcast with Sam Taunton called The Good Stuff. You're ranking animals at the moment. I uh, submitted I mine it. the other day. Yeah, we, we did probably one of the most boring episodes of all time. <laughs> doing, um, Going through that list. Animals 11 to 20. The first episode where we ranked just um, in riffing, we started ranking the top 10 and it was all quite fun. Yep. And then we um, came in with a more analytical approach. <laughs> Taunton looking at his phone. I've got data on a computer. Yeah. We're being like elephant or lion. <laughs> <laughs> no riffs, no jokes. All Rankings. Wonder who spearheaded that idea. <laughs> <laughs> you and Sam Taunton. I was very impressed with myself to relearn how to use pivot tables <laughs> in Excel. And yeah. So if you're interested Good in that, it's a very funny podcast. Yeah, check it out. Please listen to it. Uh, anything else? Social um, media. Oh, Taskmaster's coming back in. Taskmaster season two is coming out next year sometime. Hopefully, I think got a lot of chemistry with Aaron Chen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm me. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great, Drew. You fucking ruined the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Start again. We <laughs> got to one minute, one hour twenty. Uh, 
But no, that. thanks for coming on. Yeah, check out Taskmaster. Good stuff. When you see him, absolutely, he's one of the best in the game. 100. percent I hate to see him leave, but I do love to watch him go, especially when he's got that wetty on. But don't we all have a wetty on? Speaking of getting a wetty on, we have a Patreon. For five dollars a month, you can get two bonus episodes. They're very good. I think when this comes out, we would have just released Alexi's video store deep dive or maybe Ben Caution's Cactus Juice History. It's all very good stuff. It's all good stuff. It's all to infringe on your podcast, but it is good stuff. Yeah. Uh, But apart from that, thank you for listening to the podcast. Tom, thank you for coming on. That was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you guys. Bye.